Welcome everybody to Excuse My Language But. I am here with Wags of SCI, uh, co-founders and creators of this amazing group that is filled with awesome women. It stands for Wives and Girlfriends of SCI, Spinal Cord Injury. And it's such a concept that people probably don't even think about. And don't think about spouses and those who are with people with spinal cord injuries. And you guys probably have your own complications and things you guys fight with that we, as people with spinal cord injuries, don't really notice. Yeah, thank you for having us on today, Drew. We're super excited to be here. Um, obviously, no we, you know, we have a lot of respect for you and everything <laughs> that any any quadrupara goes through on a daily basis so for us it's uh it's very humbling to be on your show today so thank you for that yeah thank you thank you so much no problem for sure so then for both of you were you guys with your husbands uh when their accident happened or uh were you did you meet them after their injury so we both were with our partners before their accident um that's kind of a commonality that we have we kind of both went through the transition together of like the life as we knew it to like a completely new life alongside our partners and dealing with the trauma of the accident together and going through all those phases together so um I think that's like one of the major things that Elaine and I connected on together when we um first started becoming friends is that nobody else was in our situation but us in our community um yeah definitely yeah for sure and you know what there's there's such a difference between the we call them like the post-injury and the pre-injury wags it's like the women who met their partners like before the injury and during you know kind of went through that huge process with them of recovery and injury and then the women who met their partners after injury so they they met their partners already in wheelchairs so it's it's uh it's a quite a difference, but it's really, really cool how we're able to still connect on so many levels and have so many of the same discussions around care and love and, you know, deserving love. Everybody deserves love. Right. So, um, it's we, almost like a little niche between in a niche community kind of where the women can connect who met after the injury <laughs> and the women can connect who met before the injury. Cause it's almost like two sets of issues that come along with that, that you have to find community on. Right. Definitely. And it's, and you guys are able to like, like that community that you guys probably talk about things that other, other people just don't understand. Mm-hmm. And is there anything like any misconceptions about women dating people with, or just dating people with spinal cord injuries that you guys notice a lot? Um, misconceptions. Um, I, you know, ugh. I can't really yeah. comment on that. All I can comment on is how I felt before. <laughs> and Elaine and I felt very similar. Like both of us right. didn't really know what a spinal cord injury was. And when it gotcha. happened, both of us just kind of expected our partners to start moving and get up walking, you know, anytime now. And, you know, the first few months we're like, oh, well, you know, soon he'll just get up and walk. And we didn't realize the process <laughs> that came with having a spinal cord injury. But we also like we had no idea. Like we knew of, of Dana and Christopher right. Reeve. Um, and that was pretty much the extent of our knowledge. So we kind of had to find everything out as we went along by trial and error by ourselves. Um, 
Yeah, and that's a lot of us. Because we're going through the same thing, that, that same trial and error being like trying to get familiar with our bodies, trying to get familiar with what things work and what things don't work as far as health and our body and like all types of stuff. It's, yeah, it's not just... It's not just you guys, but it's nice that you guys were there for them to be with them to going through that process. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of I think like one of the biggest misconceptions misconceptions that I would say is I think a lot of people think that the worst part about SCI is being in a wheelchair. You know, people see somebody in a wheelchair and they right. think, Oh, you know, poor guy. Yeah. Wow, that's so sad he's in a chair. What people don't realize and a lot of our friends and family still don't realize is that there are so many secondary conditions that come with spinal cord injury that the chair is really like, the chair is like a vehicle of empowerment. It takes you places. It allows you to be independent. It allows you to do things. But the secondary conditions um, is really what's kind of really tricky to live with every day. And that, I mean, I speak on behalf of my partner who, you know, who doesn't have bowel bladder control, who has spasms, who gets AD, who, you know, he can't sweat during the summer. I have to miss him off. And we're talking about all those things that people don't know, don't see. They think, oh my goodness, like he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> How sad. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's like the best part of it. Not the best yeah. part, but the easiest part about it. You know, that's yeah. that's the smallest yeah. part. That's not even the main part right. of this whole damn thing. The chair is honestly the best part, like you said, because this gives totally. me my independence. This is these are my yeah, feet. Totally. <laughs> and but it is one of the biggest like standoffs. So for me, I have. Well, so I guess I should talk about this. You said nothing like, was off limits. <sighs> Nothing's off limits, <laughs> but I'm in a very weird situation that I can't really talk about. But I do want to ask you guys for advice about someone. You can always do a like, hypothetical scenario. So, That's right, a friend right, of a friend hypothetically. of yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like so for me, I've gone years and years of not meeting anyone, not being in a relationship or whatever. And recently, I have someone I've been talking to. <laughs> And it, it's it's nice, but it is kind of interesting to see that whole aspect of like me trusting the whole situation to understand that she loves me and is like all the way in there with me, and I don't have to feel like feel bad at all about the things that like I have to ask her to do and all this kind of stuff. And I feel guilty. I've said this many times um, throughout running our our foundation or group is that, you know, after spinal cord injury, the biggest thing we've noticed, Drew, with our partners is that, yes, they might have lost a part of their physical body, but they've developed their soul and their mind. So I feel like, and Brooke says the same thing, you know, like both our guys went back into like Dan's in school now. He's, He's able to go to school and develop a new career and, you know, kind of doing that inner work that meditation that spiritual side of things comes very strongly after spinal cord injury the things that we focus on are not necessarily the physical stuff i feel like you can still be close by like you can still physically touch somebody who's in a chair you know i mean it's not all about the sex if if that makes sense you know um oh well no well luckily i'm not too oh. worried about that part. <laughs> he aims to be yeah, yeah. I 
I think I've been lucky for most guys with spinal cord injuries. Where my that that part, I'm still pretty good at that part. But it is <laughs> like, and I'm and but but I totally agree with what you're what you're saying because yeah, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, I'm I'm much more stronger now. And honestly, I think that's kind of why she's into me is because I I am much more deeper into my emotions and feelings and just much more aware of uh those around me and being more patient and it's all that kind of stuff um for us because we see a different side than most people do like you know unfortunately we live in a very physical world still um you know where everything is pretty physical and our eyes do lots of the looking um and people don't really see into someone's soul right away unless they're very special and so for me looking at the whole community as a whole you know i think there is a stigma um of people out there that that don't really know about our relationships that think, oh, you know, the people that date people in chairs, and, and this is extremely, an extremely outdated way of thinking that I think is going away, but they think, oh, there's creeps out there that want to, why would you want to start a wheelchair dating website? There's creeps out there that want to take advantage of someone in a vulnerable position. <laughs> but for myself, I feel like it's almost, mm-hmm. I see almost the opposite. I see like women that, the ones that have met their partners post spinal cord injury, I see women that want something more, that want a deeper connection and don't care necessarily about the physical. And even the ones that, they they talk about it all the time, how they were so attracted to them that they were the most attractive person they've ever seen and they don't even see the chair. And I think those women are the ones that kind of get filtered out. And if you allow it, you'll attract those women because they're there and we've seen it. And I think it's, I think it's inspiring to a lot of people like our partners and to you. Um, They message us a lot, you know, men in in chairs around the world saying, you know, I'm not going to give up hope. And, you know, you've made me realize that there's women out there that do care about looking past the chair. And it's like, well, yeah, there, there are. And it's so positive, you know? Well, honestly, that was, that was one of the biggest takeaways from looking through your guys' social media and stuff was just, seeing example after example after example and story after story of the women that you're uh, saying that are out there and that even the fact that I've met one that I truly believe they are one of these one of these awesome women and it's it's really nice but for me it's I'm 10 years into my accident and so right now I'm pushing through that threshold of accepting that she really is in it for just me as as I am uh, and not, not having to feel insecure about anything about my situation. I, I feel like it's normal to be cautious like when you're talking to someone online or when you're you know first getting to know somebody I feel like the disability is just one thing that you worry about but you know able-bodied people they all have their worries too so it's kind of like interesting it's interesting to hear your your feedback. Yeah yeah for me for me, it's not not so much the physical as far it is, as it is like once again all the stereotypical dude shit that is projected on us in our society so fucking much, and I'm trying to get over it, but it is hard. Where it's like, all right, if we're out and about, I'm not, I'm not gonna be the dude protecting you. <laughs> I'm not gonna get in a fight with nobody. That's that's for damn sure. Uh, Maybe that's. Maybe that's a good thing, just, though, right? You don't want to be getting into fights. And, like, right. you kind of, you know, maybe you're more cautious not to get yourself in those kind of situations either or altercations or 
maybe you're you, know, you develop that part of you where it's like walk away whatever not a big deal and I think a part of that comes with well age and maturing where it's like you don't really physically want to be part of something like that um but it also kind of like it kind of refreshes your social circle too right you know I've noticed like with us um here hold on one second Sorry, my spasm. spasm like, I pulled out my headphones. Yeah, we totally get it. she wouldn't <laughs> no I am all jacked up in my chair so do you have to help your husbands with all this kind time. of stuff yes all the time. yeah and our partners are yeah. c4 c6 and we still we still like Dan has okay. spasms all throughout the night where his, where his limbs fall out of right. bed and of course when you're spasming you throw your remote off the bed you throw like your he has his water bottle, cell phone, remote, medication, and goes like, <laughs> explosion off the bed. So, I we know that one, <laughs> right? Elena, do you want to go back Appreciate to what you were it. saying about, or finish what you were saying about? <laughs> what, what was I saying? Yeah. Well, you're talking, oh, you're talking what about, were we talking like, about? how Drew is, like, kind of, he's not going to be the one that's yeah. going to protect her, that tip, those typical masculine yeah. traits. <laughs> Right, which is, like, yeah. so problematically and, fed, that notion is fed by society through so many things, so many different things. There's a reason why it's fed that way, right? It's a selling right. selling products. It's a media kind of grab, right? If you have this, then you'll feel like this. If you do this, then you'll feel like this or be seen like this. And it's all bullshit. I think at the end of the day, we have to realize that it's for capitalism. It's for financial gain. Um, it's not real. And once you step outside of that... Mm. You're kind of like, you know what? I don't need those things. I don't need to feel that way. Um, again, it's getting back back in touch right. with your inner self and what's important to you as opposed to what's important to the marketing world, right? So. Oh, for sure. Well, not so much that. I guess it's more so just that. That masculinity. Like, I, every guy still wants to feel like they're you know what though masculine. i, I firmly like, believe that we are living in a time right now where toxic masculinity and the quote alpha male are 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 fading out i i really <laughs> think we live we're starting to live in a society where you know the people that are in their you know late 20s early 30s uh the millennials um are much more receptive <laughs> for different lifestyles. Like, look at what's happening with gender in society. Look what's Definitely. happening with, seriously, the fall of, of the toxic male. It's happening right now. And so I think that, you know, <laughs> as society moves forward how we want to and not how we were told to behave at a young age and conditioned, right. I really think it's not, and I see it all the time, I don't think it's going to be an issue in 10 years. I, I think it's going to be, you love who you love. You love yeah, who you love, right? Yeah, so there's parts of that I I agree with parts. Uh, yes, yes. Just because I think I think it's a balance. I'm a, I'm a Libra. I'm, a Libra I'm all about balance. I think, I th- <laughs> aw, nice. And I think there's just, 
to me personally, it uh, I don't know. I think there's positives of both sides of that. Being able to accept our, I guess, I don't know, primal nature, while also being able to accept all the natural things about ourselves. As far well, as... and for sure. And you know what? That was yeah. that was definitely a yeah. conversation that Dan and I had when he first had his accident. Um, getting used to me doing everything, you mm-hmm. know. I know that the first year the first year right. was really hard. I mean, I'm I'll be totally honest with you, it was really, really tough. Um, I remember, you know, having to push him in a wheelchair when he first came out of rehab and having grocery bags like we didn't even have a smart drive. We didn't have anything electric at that time. So, you know, holding the dogs, grocery bags, pushing my guy in his chair uphill. And I was just like sweaty yeah. balls being like, is this like our life right now? <laughs> you know, but right. over time, I mean, the the way that I kind of sp- like spun my viewpoint on that, I became a lot stronger, like physically and mentally. And, um, one day I remember trying to put up a shelf. We moved into yeah. this like new little condo or whatever. And they really needed a shelf because um, over our, our washing machine or whatever. And I remember going to the hardware store like five times because I kept on coming back with the wrong screws, Dan said. He was like, no, this is not what you need. You need to go get this butterfly clamp thing that goes through the drywall. And I was like, what am I even like looking for? So... I remember coming back and putting this through the wall and making this like massive hole. Like I just like banged it in. And I remember Dan just sitting there looking at me. He's like, babe, not like that. What are you doing? And I remember just having a complete meltdown and just like tears and trying to hold the shelf on my head and using like the power drill and everything's falling on me and I'm balancing on like a little stool because it's up high. And I remember just breaking down and being like, you know what? This is one thing that was really tough for me was being like you and him watching me struggle too being like you know if I wasn't in this chair I would just like quickly just do this in like five minutes it's taking you like all day to do something (laughs) so I get that but not but 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 not even just the fact that like I don't know the whole like you being the bullshit society way of looking at that is be like oh a guy should be doing the heavy stuff like power drills and all that bullshit. But then the part that I struggle with is that not even that kind of stuff is just like, mm-hmm. I want to help. So the way my dad always taught me is that uh, you should be able to live on your own no matter what. So even household things like laundry and cooking and cleaning and I like I would want to help with those things and I know I can't and you know it's what? I don't you know, know I it's frustrating say to my husband because he has really really struggled with that over the years and he's kind of changed his tune now after years of struggling with it about not being able to contribute physically um with anything my husband's a c4 he's a high he's yeah. a higher liver injury he's got um um, and yeah, I'm a C1, so C2. My, hus- my husband so, has... Really, yeah, I got... Yeah. All I got is shoulders. So my husband has, so. like, typical C4 up until his left arm, where his left arm is, is higher paralysis. So he can't really do much with his left arm. But he really struggled with the whole physical helping thing and how he just felt so powerless and how so much of his his identity was based in that because of conditioning, because of who he thought he was before the accident. And then slowly he shifted into... And our relationship has shifted to the point where it's like, 
you can still help by doing things that are helpful that aren't physical. For example, when you know I do the majority of the grocery shopping, but he does the majority of picking out the groceries. So like we're doing online grocery shopping right now. He'll go through and pick everything out and meal plan for us, and then I'll execute. So it's 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 funny gotcha. how we can help it mentally and and emotionally um, versus how he helped before. And for myself, I find so much more value in that than I did before when he was able-bodied and assisting me. And I tell him that all the time and it took years before he actually started to say, yeah, I, I do have a lot of value in, you know, planning our, planning our date nights, <laughs> planning our meal plans, organizing our schedules, doing all the stuff that you don't really like to do, Brooke, that helps you so much. And it makes mm-hmm. you in more of a team, you know, like it gives you that team dynamic that we didn't have as much before. I mean, we were together for four years before my husband's accident and we didn't have... Like we were on a team, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't as like deep as it is now. And, you know, now we kind of know what each other are thinking most of the time because we're so close and we spend so much time together, but we've learned to balance, you know, what he does, how he contributes versus how I contribute. And yeah, of course, you're always going to have that. Oh, I wish I could do this. I wish I could help you. Of course. I think that's normal. Yeah. But just just know from our perspective, there's the good outweighs the Uh bad. I think that's normal, though, with anything. Even if you see, like, if you're out with a friend and, like, your friend's, like, going grocery shopping and they have, like, too many bags, you're like, hey, girl, let me, like, get that for you, right? I think that's just, like, a normal human nature kind of thing, like, where you see somebody even struggling or... Like a nurturing Because you care about that person, right? So you want to be able to, like, unfortunately, our world, like Brooke had said, conditioned us to physically contribute. But I think you made a good point when you said, you know, Evan does all like the organizational stuff through so many great apps that there are out there too, where, you know, those are not necessarily your strong suit that you're able to contribute in different ways and things that you actually like to do. And you know what? I always say the greatest test of a relationship post spinal cord injury is buying something from Ikea and having the paralyzed, so my husband, the quad guiding me through the process with his voice, with his communication skills. And literally, my my husband and I, a few years ago, we went out and bought a bunch of stuff from Ikea, a bunch of storage cabinets. And I put them all on the deck, and I remember saying to him, okay, you're the instructions guy. You're going to tell me what to do because I have no idea. Just direct me. And it was such a good exercise in, like, using both sides of our brain, listening and communicating properly. And so now every time we want to test each other, we do something like that where it's like we – have a project where we have to really listen to one another and it develops so many good skills that I personally don't think normal couples have unless they work really hard. So, yeah, no, that, but that's, but that's a great idea to have different exercises or have different, have different things that you challenge yourself on mentally and just different mentally, emotionally. Like it's, that's a whole different challenge to like, give yourself more patience or just being able to finding different ways to describe something in a way that you'll understand better or he'll understand better all that kind of stuff any relationship any relationship right right i mean i still kind of struggle with Mm -hmm. that because right now during quarantine um we don't have any home care at all so dan and i typically have an hour and a half in the mornings of home care just to do like bell day shower get dressed and at that point, I clean the house or, you know, go to the gym or whatever. But since quarantine, we don't have any of that. And, I mean, I 
both Brooke and I were there with our partners through rehab every single day. So we knew how to do all this stuff anyways. The tra- transferring, the bell days, the dress, the whatever. And it's been, it's been really interesting to see during quarantine, like, us kind of, like, battling it out where I'm putting him up in a sling and he's like, move my commode a little to the left. Strap me in a little to the right. No, not that right. The other way. Move an inch back. I'm like, you're making shit up. Your other left. Your <laughs> yeah. other left. And I'm like, are you just like, are you just making shit up just because like you just want to test my patience? I'm like, and I keep having to having to say, right. I'm like, you know, as many times that you've had this done for through quarantine, that is also how many times I've done this for you. I've done this quite a few times. So it's been interesting, you know. It's kind of all, it's good laugh. It's a good laugh. It's it's all kind of just jokes, but. And I think there's so many situations we find ourselves in where you really do just have to laugh it off. Because, like, yeah. all right, so should we go into story yes, time? story time. I want to I hear, I want to hear, hear some good stories of, like, just crazy situations that you found yourself in. Like, I've, I've oh, been what? in. Some of the craziest situations, whether it's drinking, whether it's sex. Oh my god! Like you have to be able to laugh, laugh during sex. Are you starting? Well, Are you starting with the story? All right, yeah. so I guess. Yes. So too. I can start. So I guess a funny situation I found myself in. Well, when I got blackout drunk at a football game. Uh, <laughs> so I went to U of M, and me and my sister were got a pregame before the Michigan State game and the game started at 12 p.m. We started drinking probably at 8 and I was a blackout drunk by the time the game started. And so I we went to go tailgate at the golf course. At the golf course we were with her job and they worked at a pharmacy and they were putting jello shots into syringes and like but then all these empty syringes on the ground, everybody kept walking up to me in the wheelchair being oh like, God. is this for you? Is this something important? And I'm like laughing my ass off just being like, no, they're jello shot. <laughs> like, it's just funny how no matter where we are, no matter what we do, everybody always thinks anything medical. They're like, are you OK? Yeah. Are you all right? Is he good? That's actually and, a really good point. That's a really good like, point. Right? When, when somebody I, yeah. sees somebody with, like, extra, you know, medical needs, they think they're like, oh, my God, like, let's let's be extra careful around this person. They're really fragile. Make sure you don't get yeah. too close. Make sure you don't, you know, talk too loudly. <laughs> well, my... Well, my my favorite thing for that is concerts. Because yeah. there's always <laughs> one guy who takes it upon himself to move yeah. everybody out of the fucking way so I can get all the way to the front. And I'm like, yo, he's weird, but that shit worked. That's I'm in the front. That's what happened to my husband so. in Vegas. He, like, had three security <laughs> bouncers come out while they were waiting in line with his friends. And the security guards, three of them, walked in front of my husband with flashlights, pushing people around. And Evan just, like, drove around the club for, like, two hours. Like, <laughs> it's just, you know, That's it's so awesome. funny because, like, we need people like that. I feel like society in general wants to help. They just don't know exactly how to. And so, like... It, I mean, it takes balls to go up to somebody and ask them if they need help, even though it's, you know, you may be encroaching on their space. But I feel like society in general wants to help. 
Definitely. That's why I don't buy into the whole ableism bullshit. It irritates the fuck out of me. Uh, like this whole ableism thing. Ableism? I'm not going to lie. I, I just don't like this whole movement of everybody with a disability being one, so fucking sensitive and two, so fucking like full of themselves to point out and point their finger at everybody and call them. Like we all notice the, the, the misfortunes of being in a wheelchair. But rather than pointing at everybody and being like, you're an ableist, you're an, you're projecting your ableism. Just why not just educate them on uh, the differences in our, what, in our what situation? Is ableism because to like you? you said, I think. Like, what does it mean to you? Nothing. I th- <laughs> nothing. I don't like it. I, I really don't like it. I think all isms just make it a, a part, party A versus party B. And I don't. I don't think that's necessary. I think we all should just educate each other on each other's situation. And as soon as you give it a name or an ism, you negate the conversation. There's, it's no longer a conversation between me telling you about my situation. It's all about, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's funny that you say this, Drew, because Brooke and I recently, I mean, I'm just going to say it. This is something we haven't talked about live. But Brooke and I recently had a troller coming down on the wags, and it was really interesting. We really don't have a a whole lot of haters. Like I don't. Maybe this was like the second one in what two and a half years. Yeah, we had, we had somebody who said that they actually worked for the foundation, telling us that they were shocked that the foundation supported us because. Um, because we are, a team. Mm. you know, explain the story. Bro. So basically what she was saying was that we, how, how entitled we feel that we have to give ourselves pats on the back for being with people in wheelchairs. And I, we both knew right away. We're like, you obviously do not watch our stories. You do not read our writings. You do not actually follow our page because if you did, you would realize that we have nothing to hide. We're just supporting. We're one page. That is supporting unique situations like ours and empowering women. Like our slogan is empowering women, supporting their partners in chairs. We're a niche group. We're there to support one another and empower one another and make each other feel less alone. We're not there to pat ourselves on the back and say, look at me, look at me. It That is in itself what she's doing is ableism to, to me is like just the thought of, of us right. sitting there patting ourselves on the back, being with someone in a wheelchair. What is that implying? That's implying that what exactly? So that, that was kind of the situation. And, and, and it's this whole thing once again, that we see all the time, she's getting offended for someone else. She's getting offended for people with disabilities when nobody asked her to, nobody asked you to be like, offended by what this group of people are doing because if you were gonna uh if you were doing something harmful the the only people that would give a shit are people with disabilities you're married with people with disabilities you know what i mean like it's not she's she's on her own high horse it's it's totally right and i think it's really sad because when i said i mean brooke and i were both kind of like torn up about it for a little bit we're like oh that's just like me and like how do you do that and honestly drew like so my partner Dan, I don't know if you know about our personal stories, but Dan and I were in Cuba on holidays when he dove into the shallow end of the pool and became a, a quad on the spot. So we went through a, the whole process in a Cuban hospital, having to call. All good. 
Um, and, you know, it was a very unique situation where, where the operation and the care that we had, um, keep going. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, so we had a unique situation where we didn't have any support right away. Right. It was, we didn't have the medical system of Canada coming in to step in to like ease our, our worries and, and explain to us what was happening. We had people in a different language kind of taking over with very old school methods and old school equipment in Cuba, where it was, it was something out of a nightmare. And so I said, you know, I said to her, I said that for myself was a unique situation that coming back to Canada when we finally did and realizing even in Canada, even in a Western society, there was no group, there was no support for partners who went through all of this with their partner. You know, we had to lie in Cuba saying that we were married before they would take me serious or allow me to make any decisions for him or even be in the same room as him. We had to lie. Yes, because they're very, oh, wow. very Catholic. They're very religious. They were kicking me out of the hospital to go find a hostel somewhere while he was being in ICU, while he was about to, like, you know, we didn't know what was happening. The embassy didn't know where we were. We were there. We were stuck. So when we came back, there were so many programs for the injured person in, you know, through rehab. There were, you know, hands class, OT, PT, there's yoga, there's all these things but at the end of the day i felt like i was kind of his assistant through everything nobody ever said hey who's this or oh, what's your name it was more like here do this do that you know like as a, as if i was his carrying and so i remember you know giving dan a shower and i say this story so often because it still just like lurks in my mind giving him a shower at the end of the night and shutting the lights off and closing the door and then sitting in my car and just crying being like holy shit, I'm completely alone in this. I can't talk to my friends about this. I can't talk to my family about this. I don't want to be a burden on them. I want to be with my partner who's telling me to go home now. Or, you know, we weren't even at home. I was staying somewhere close by. We had to sell our house within five days of him being in rehab. So it was just kind of like, for the fact that, you know, I felt tremendous hurt from those comments from this one individual about how can Reeve support you guys. I kind of thought... Brooke and I have come together. She's the only person that I've met that actually kind of knew what we were going through. You know, we would meet up for coffee dates and be like, hey, how is your night? Well, my partner had a bowel accident in the middle of the night or his leg bag busted off or the condom fell off. There is pee everywhere. It was stressful. It was hard. We ran out of supplies or, you know, things like this that nobody else I could tell that would be like, oh, girl, I get it. Everybody else is like, oh, that's unfortunate. It's like. You know, know, and I, you know, Elena, I think it's important to, to point out that we also get comments from time to time from, um, from women that have just started dating their partners in wheelchairs that are like, why does this group exist? Like, why are you guys, um, important? Why are you guys important? Because you're dating someone in a chair. Oh, because they, because they're just now getting into it. People don't realize the hard reality is, is that. Our partners have spinal cord injuries. They're lucky to be alive. And there are some skills that you need to know in order to be with a person with a spinal cord injury. There, It's just the truth. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I think avoiding that right. is just part of the problem. And the reason why, another reason why we began this group in the first place is because avoiding us in favor of just the injured person makes it so that, you know, and Elena and I have both seen Break, before our group, we've saw breakups happen 
um, with recent injuries that we could tell it was because they did not have the support as a couple Mm -hmm. that we now provide, which is so important. And, and they started listening to all those voices that you guys get where it's like, Oh, why are you with him? Yeah. But it's also the SDI community in general is we find it's very outdated and we find that, you know, most of the information is from long ago and, you know, they, they tell you that your life has to be a sterile hospital environment with, you know, you're going to have to live in separate bedrooms and you're going to have to subscribe to the way it always has been. And Elena and I are both trailblazing personalities. We've always been this way since birth of like, no, we, we want to challenge that. We don't want to be the same as everybody else because same is boring. And, you know, we are going to get the occasional hater because of that attitude, but it's also hard for us because it's like, how could you hate on someone that is empowering someone else? One group that's doing it. One. Like, you do- <laughs> well, on, on behalf of everybody, uh, on just an outsider looking in, I would like to say thank you guys for making this group and making dating people with disabilities not so scary for most. Uh, to give everybody the hope and the opportunity to look at someone different than themselves and to say, yeah, I, I would like to date that person. I would like to be in a relationship with that person and be a part of their life because otherwise I don't, I don't think it, uh, it's not the ideal. It's not, there's, there's not many people who are going to be willing to cross those boundaries in order to change well, someone's life. Well, you know like what? That. I would, I would say you're welcome, but that's not even in order, you know? I mean, I feel like, thank you so much for even, you know, acknowledging our group. Um, and not to say, like, we have a couple of haters, but honestly, Drew, we have many ambassadors. I don't know if you've seen our website and our page. We, ha- we are an international group. Yeah. We have about 21 international ambassadors across the globe, from anywhere from South Africa, all through, throughout the U.S., couple in, what, in England now, um, you know, so we, and these women and us, we definitely believe that anybody with a disability is very deserving of love. Our partners are deserving of love. We're not going anywhere. Our group is not going anywhere. We're continuing to grow. We're going to continue to support everybody who's living this life because this life is very important as well. And I think everybody in the public can learn from a relationship that maybe isn't the cookie cutter mold of what everybody expects right and i think those trials and tribulations and those hard times and those challenging times and the happy times they make you stronger they make your relationship stronger and they make you grow so i feel like if anything it kind of solidifies if you can make it through this you're gonna be okay it's true that's what's up well i appreciate you guys and thank you for coming on here um i think we've been talking for a while uh i i really appreciate it I, I think it's helped me to, I don't know, get perspective on your guys' perspective of and being able to accept yeah. my worth. And uh, thank you guys for joining. Uh, please tell everybody where where they can go to follow and understand more of your story. Um, so we have a website. It's wegsofsci.com. Um, we also have a private Facebook group. Um, you can find all the links on our website. We also have a podcast that just came out a couple of months ago where we discuss, you know, similar to yours, but from our perspective. Uh, we have a bunch of guests, a lot of insight into the spinal cord injury world as a couple, and um, and Instagram, at Wags of SCI. Wags of SCI. Awesome. Sure and then sure. I'll... <laughs> yeah. Represent. 
I love you guys' logo. Thank you so much for having us on. And always uh, remember, you are worthy of love. Everybody's worthy yes. of love. Well, thank you. I'll try to remember that. Thank you, Drew. <laughs> um, and I'll tell everybody once again, go follow me at Drew Claiborne everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. And go check out my nonprofit, The Drew Crew, where we try to raise money to help other spinal cord injury people with all the life-changing uh, physical therapies that I do. And yeah, check out my stuff wherever. Cheers. All right. Peace.